following podcast is brought to you by Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Disclaimer, this podcast is about to spoil several movies from 6 to 20 years old. Lou, read off the list. Today, Robots vs. Dinosaurs will be spoiling for you, the listener. Borat, Batman Returns, The Wizard of Oz, Terminator 2, Cool Hand Luke, Jurassic Park, Short Circuit, Blade Runner, Man on the Moon, AI, Artificial Intelligence, Taxi, Back to the Future 2, Bicentennial Man, Batteries Not Included, Screamers, The Shape of Water, Back to School, Midsummer, and Peter Jackson's King Kong. Hello and welcome to Robots vs. Dinosaurs, the podcast where we watch a movie every week and then try to determine which one is cooler, robots or dinosaurs. I'm your host, Louis G, and with me as always is my co-host, two people who seem to hate me. (laughs) 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 This week I watched an Oscar-nominated film, with my good friends, imbiber of whiskey, Alyssa Beatty, and vanilla or mortal, Jake W. Turner. Welcome, Alyssa and Jake. Sorry. Love you. That's an appropriate greeting. Because <laughs> I, uh, I hate this movie, but I'm actually, I'm certain that this movie hates me even more. Yeah. Yep. This movie did confirm that there is a higher power because it's mercifully only 81 minutes long. So that proved to me that there's there's some sort of order in the universe. It is 79 minutes too long. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, this is this is a movie that um instead of watching it, you could have just told me the premise over a beer and mm-hmm. I would have said uh uh-huh. Okay. Yep. And then that's the last time I ever would have thought about it. But we are, listeners, we're treating you to uh, at least 45 minutes of a conversation about this movie. And <laughs> I genuinely think that if you're listening to this episode, you probably didn't watch this movie, um, mm-hmm. unless you hate yourself as much as the three of us do. Yeah. <laughs> um, or you're a fan of this show and you're just listening because you like the show, which I hope that's I hope that's true. Uh, I just found out something really cool about this show. We have twenty three listeners in Australia right now. Good day. That's awesome. I, like not right at this moment yeah, exactly yeah. because we're recording and we're not. This isn't live, obviously. But but yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Um, uh, just looking at like my international stats, and usually I have like two or three listeners in other countries. But this is the first time it's like double digits in one other country. And I think that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. We're we're rugby fans, so we like the blues. If there are Australian listeners that are blues fans. All right. Is that going to ostracize like fans of the the Reds or something? No, we find that (laughs) rugby fans are rugby fans. Okay. Unless you're a series fan and then you can go fuck yourself. And if you're a rugby fan, you know what that means. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure anyone's going to be a fan of anything if they watch this movie, yeah. though. Which we haven't even we haven't, we haven't even, even said the title. The of. name of the movie, which to mm-hmm. me is the best part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I, I I say we keep dropping hints about it before we actually say it. Um, <laughs> like I said, it's Oscar nominated. It stars Andy Kaufman, so that's a big hint right there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> music and so, by John Williams. Music by John Williams. Music by John Williams. That's a really good call out. So again, Oscar nominated film. Music by John Williams. Bernadette Peters is also yeah. in this movie. Uh-huh. Beloved actress Bernadette Peters. Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia came out in 1981. Oh, you know who else is in it? Christopher Guest. 
Yeah, Randy, Randy Quaid. So picked up by this, Stan Winston. Yeah, who did the Wiz and Jurassic Park. Okay, so make up by Stan Winston. Is that the Oscar that it won? Is the no, Oscar it was that nominated. it was nominated for? Nominated. Did not it, win. It, it was nominated for yeah. an Oscar. I see. Okay. Well, listeners, if you haven't guessed, the film that we're speaking about today on Robots versus Dinosaurs is the 1981 Alan Arkush film Heart Beeps. Heart Beeps. Heart Beeps. Heart Beeps. All, that's one compound word. I had to double yeah. check this several times for the formatting for the episode. Heart Beeps. What do you what do you what do you have to say? What do you have to say for yourselves? Because you made us watch this. And what do you have to say about the title of this film? See, here here's here's what I'll say about number one, I'm sorry. That's that's first. I'm sorry I did this to you. And anyone who is somehow encouraged to watch this film after listening to this. I love bad movies. I love bad movies. I love cheesy movies. But what I hate the most is boring movies. And that's what this movie is, is it's boring. (laughs) Therefore, I loathe it. I I like the concept of this movie. I like the how out there it is. But yeah, it's way too long for its own premise. And and in in the very least, the only reason you should watch this movie is to to. Marvel, at, we just listed all these puzzle pieces of this movie that these puzzle pieces should make the Mona Lisa. <laughs> when you were like, wow, uh, look at all these people that worked on it. John Williams did the music, amazing. But then it is it is nothing. It, it, is, it is sound and fury signifying nothing. Signifying boredom. Yeah, boredom. Yeah. Mm. Well, I would like to say first... I'm sorry. <laughs> Best thing about this movie is the title because it makes me okay. giggle every time I say it. Heart beeps. It's hilarious. <laughs> and three, this movie made Theodore Rex look like Citizen Kane directed by Jesus. I would rather watch Theodore Rex a hundred times in a row than watch this movie one more time. That's a good shout out. That's a good call. Listeners, you may actually you may recognize the voices that you're hearing of my co-host this week because they were they brought a very fun movie that I I actually really ended up enjoying, but we had a lot of fun like talking about some of the less less successful aspects of it. Yeah. Theodore Rex. And that was that was a lot of fun. Um, See, you it's can like, it's go back. like when you look at a house and you're like, the bones are good. <laughs> you know, that's Theodore Rex, but this is a house you're like, this needs to be demolished and forgotten. This is like, like the house looks okay, but the entire yard is a, is a cemetery and, yeah. and like, like a literal one, not one like decorated for Halloween. Like it's an actual Norman nope. Bates, like nope. it's on it's, a hill. It's a pet cemetery. Yeah. It's you don't gonna, want to approach it. It's going to sneak under the bed and slash your Achilles tendon when you're not looking. That's this kind yeah. of movie. Artistically. Artistically. That's what it did to me. Yeah. Yeah. Slashed <laughs> my Achilles tendon. Uh, so listeners, um, <laughs> if you're, if you're not, uh, I'm assuming that some of my, some of my listeners are fans of D and D or our D and D players. And I, I just feel like I want to get this out of the way. I think the explanation for why this episode is happening is because I, listeners, you may not know but this about me, but I am a dungeon master. I, I run a few D and D campaigns mm-hmm. and Jake and Alyssa are players in one of my campaigns. And I once threatened to TPK them. If you don't know what TPK is, that's uh, it stands for total party kill. It's when every player dies due to either their own idiocy 
or the DM, you know, making things way too hard. <laughs> and so I threatened also known to do as that. The DM having a bad week personally. That's another that's another good reason for a TPK. But I threatened to do that to them and and they threatened me with this movie. So <laughs> <laughs> I think we're here now I'm ready to call a truce. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we talk about the movie itself so we can get it over with? Uh, so <laughs> Rip off that bandage, So should I, should I go through the awards that it was nominated for before we talk about it or after we talk about it? Let's do that before, yeah, because we did, we did tease that a lot. So let's, let's get that out of the way okay. and talk about what awards it was nominated for. It is an Oscar nominee for Best Makeup. It is a Stinker Award nominee for Worst Picture. <laughs> Worst Actor, Andy Kaufman. Most Mm. Painfully Unfunny Comedy. Worst On-Screen Couple, Andy Kaufman and Bernadette Peters. Most Annoying Fake Accent Male, Andy Kaufman. And Worst Screenplay. Didn't win any of those, though, which sort of lives up to the movie, that it it will just never win anything. So... I, I, I like, I, Lou, I like what you do when introducing a film is first focusing on the first shot. Of yeah, the we're, yeah, 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 we're definitely going to dig into that. The one <laughs> yeah. thing I want to, the, the one question I have, though, before I can, yeah. can, can unpack that, though, is can you call it a fake accent if it's an accent that doesn't exist anywhere in the world? Andy Kaufman said it was a mix of Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny. Yeah, I yeah. guess. No, I, yeah, um. I suppose. What are your thoughts on, before we get into the movie, what are your thoughts on Andy Kaufman? Because I feel like that's going to paint uh, a picture. I personally love Andy Kaufman as a performer and as an artist. I'm glad you qualified that. Okay. (laughs) Because I I love Taxi. Yeah, love it. That's what he's most known for. No, Tomato fan. I, I, as somebody who loves subversive comedy and things that, are there just to fuck with people's realities? I love Tony Clifton as as a persona mm-hmm. and as something that exists. Listeners, if you're not familiar with Tony Clifton, look up the legend of Tony Clifton. It's fascinating. Bob Zamuda. Yeah. It's and I, then I now there's like somebody. It, the thing is now there's somebody else doing it that's okay. not Bob Zamuda, because Bob Zamuda has been in the audience for a while. Think Jim Carrey of- was doing it. But, uh, was doing uh, Tony Clifton. I'd say if you're not familiar with Tony Clifton, think of the the Oh Hello on Broadway. That is very yes. Yep. That is very analogous yeah. of of Tony Clifton. So I think you have to go into this movie knowing that they got a blank check yep. because robots were really popular mm-hmm. because we had C three PO. They knew that ro- yeah, our robots were popular. They wanted to see if Andy Kaufman could carry a film. Spoiler, mm. he cannot. Um, <laughs> I'm not and, sure he can carry the suit that he's wearing. <laughs> suit. So there's a lot of context within the making of this movie yeah. that explains why it was made. There okay. is no explanation for why it turned out the way it did. Yeah. Other than... <sighs> I, will say, I will say this. I, we tried. We're like, there are, there, there are things that I feel they were trying to say Sure. Love and existence and Mm -hmm. consciousness and like the process of life, you know? And society? Society? 
to say, you know, sure. a lot to say about product placement. Now, I, I, th- I th- here, here's my thing. I think you, you are, you are guests that have brought a, ro- a dinosaur movie. Um, well, a primarily dinosaur. Primarily, movie, dinosaur was in the title. It also had robots in it. Yeah. This is primarily a robot movie. I don't think there are and any clones. dinosaurs. And clones, yeah. <sighs> uh, <laughs> gosh, there's so there's too much to unpack. The <laughs> God, that derailed me so much. <laughs> this movie. <laughs> heartbeats, heartbeats. Back to I, I think that I haven't reviewed Jurassic Park yet, but Jurassic Park for me is the gold standard of dinosaur movies. Do you have a pick for what is your gold standard for robot movies? Is it Heartbeats? <laughs> no, God, no. Okay. Oh, I'm surprised. Oh, okay. What is it gosh. then? No, for me, because I... I don't think when we were on U.S. because for me the quintessential when I think of robots for me Johnny Five is in my head number five Johnny Five yeah. Yeah. Johnny Five is what I picture as a robot short circuit yeah yeah okay and for me that's what I picture as a robot would you say though that is like the best robot movie or or your favorite robot movie it's not my favorite robot movie but. But it's 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 what I picture as a robot because for okay. me I feel like when you start having robots look human, that's more of an android. An android is a humanoid robot. A robot is a robot-looking robot. Alyssa, do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, Short Circuit is is to me the gold standard. And if you look at like Wally, like Wally is basically a little mm-hmm. tiny number five is alive. Yeah, Blade Runner is technically a robot movie, but mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like a robot movie because they're androids and it's bringing in an entirely different set of moral questions. Yeah. I would say artistically, if you count the androids in Blade Runner as robots, it is the gold standard. But okay, as far as a robot that is made of metal and looks like a robot, short circuit. Church. Yeah. I well, like Which is like not a good lot. movie, by well, the way. Well, yeah. <laughs> Well, fair. Yeah, no, it's not a good movie. Yeah. It's fun though. I, I, fun. It's got the it's good. Very fun. It's a it's a good bad movie. Yeah, any movie that's got the goot. Which brings no. up the question. But brownface. Is it impossible? That's to not make great. Like Fisher a Stevens good robot movie. <laughs> what? Is it impossible to make a good robot movie? Because it kind of no. seems oh. like maybe it is. Term, term, a- I, T two is a perfect a robot movie. T two. And AI, AI. I think AI. Uh, Blade Runner. I would agree. I, I think is like one is probably the answer a lot of people would give for like their gold standard for a robot movie like especially philosophically a robot movie t2 i think gets it for like action yeah but for me the quintessential and i I do like blade runner but i'm a much bigger fan of ai and i think ai to me is the gold standard for for robot movies i haven't rewatched it since i listened to you talk about it Mm. So I'm actually, I'm, I kind of want to do a rewatch because I watched it when it came out and I judged it just like you talked about, you know? It's, it's I love how we're talking, I love how we're almost pre-chasing <laughs> talking about heartbeats with talking about robots that we like. Because we're going to talk about how much we hate robots. Listen, Jake, just like Philco, I am piece by piece building up to a segue. So uh, <laughs> so, so go ahead, Alyssa. <laughs> what were you gonna say? Just have to say, Bernadette Peters tried yes. her best. That, I feel so see, bad for Bernadette. In, right? I literally wrote down in my notes, Bernadette Peters, what are you doing? Yeah. And she, she, she cried every scene. So 
I know, I know. Her, her you, performance was fine. It just did. It belonged in a better movie. So I know you. You asked questions that you may not know, but here is something that you may not know. Sigourney Weaver was trying to get the Bernadette Peters role. Oh goodness! And then her agent said, "Don't." And so she didn't. So good. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver have saved this movie. Absolutely no. not. No. Okay. Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> Could Danny DeVito have, well, we'll get to that. Yes. We'll get to that. Yes, we'll get to that. Yes, <laughs> we'll get to that. Well, apparently also Andy Kaufman, Bob Zamuda was not allowed on the set after a certain point. So Andy Kaufman okay. started to get very bored. Yeah. And you can definitely see that in some of the scenes where Andy Kaufman forgets that he is supposed to be a robot. Yeah. Yeah. You have to understand. Awful. I, again, I love Kaufman as an artist and as a performer. He's clearly somebody who he had issues <laughs> Yeah, here, here's what I know about Andy Kaufman. Like, Taxi, but also he constantly tried to, like, publicly wrestle women then as, like, a publicity okay. stunt. And then in the Tony Clifton thing where he would come out and, like, as, as this completely made-up persona. So, do you, you, know, you know the classic question, if you can go back in time in, to, and do one thing, what would it be? For me, one of the things would be to go back in time and see the Andy Kaufman-Carnegie Hall performance. Okay. It was supposed to. It was supposed to be one of the most amazing performances of all time. And then he said, "Okay." At the end of the show, Andy Kaufman said, "Okay, meet you at the um, Staten Island Ferry for cookies and milk tomorrow <laughs> at this time." Okay. And a lot of the audience thought it was a joke. There was a portion of the audience that went, and it wasn't. Interesting. So, yeah, that's the kind of thing that Andy Kaufman was really good at. So and improv everywhere. He would have loved improv everywhere. Yeah. Right. For fans of comedy, he is a genius. Yeah, sure. But. But. Ge- ge- but genius, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, the, I, well, this I'm movie not trying no to. for that. Well, this, this is something that I think this totally goes off the track, off the rails for what. But I think what I've been thinking about lately in media and sometimes there are things that need to stay the format that they were created because if you try to translate it into something else, it loses its, its, its properties. Like, I think that happens a lot with comic book films. I'm a huge fan. So, so when you have, when you have some, uh, a, somebody with that ability to do improv, to do that kind of thing. And maybe Andy Kaufman, with a director, say like uh, Judd Apatow, who allows for that, he would be amazing on film. Okay, and that's why he maybe worked well on Taxi. But I think Andy Kaufman in the corporate sphere of film, he would never succeed. What's surprising to me is that this is not a Andy Kaufman project. No, that's what I like a passion project or mm-hmm. or, or something like that. That's what I like immediately assumed about it was. Oh, Andy Kaufman willed this weird thing into existence. Yeah. But that is really not the case. And it's bizarre that the pro- the biggest problem with the movie is that he just wouldn't play ball. He wouldn't play yeah. along. He wouldn't. And and I, like that's why I think it's a little bit again, I don't want, I don't like to drag anybody on this show, but like it I do think it's a little much to call Andy Kaufman a genius. I I think this movie kind of proved to me that with Taxi and the Tony Clifton thing, I'll give him that he's a two-trick pony because he does the same Lotka accent that he does on Taxi 
in this movie. And that's yeah. also like not Latka's from like a fictional foreign country, right? He's not from from an actual place that he's like mocking an accent. He's just sort of vaguely mocking every f- foreign accent. Somehow like Borat in a way. Yeah, but way less. I would say okay, la- way that's what, less. That's what I'm saying about Kaufman. Kaufman was Sasha Barra Cohen of the time. That's what he was good at. Okay. I'll give and, you that. I'll give you that. And in and in the sphere and context of when this movie was made, uh, 1979. 1981. 1981, sorry. 81, yeah. Uh, 1981. The media sphere at that time was fucking mm. bonkers. Sure, yeah. yeah. The fact that all of, all the stinker awards Alyssa mentioned before, he didn't. They didn't win. They were nominated. I still don't okay. remember. Uh, did we find out what won? No, I no. don't. I don't want to. Yeah, know. we don't know what. But the yeah, question is, yeah. <laughs> if you put another actor in that role who was committed mm-hmm. to it, mm-hmm. would this be a good movie? Who would you put in the role, Alyssa? Like, I, like this is a real question. I know I do the the Devito whoopee thing at the end, but like, it, if, for real, who would who could you place in this role? that would take it seriously to the point where the grand artistic vision of the entire film universe, which that is one aspect I do want to dig into, like the society of robots themselves. Um, I, but who, I know exactly who. Who, who well, leading inter- that cast of robots Robin would actually... No. Uh, maybe, maybe. I okay. think it, it still wouldn't have been a good film. It would have been hammier, still not a good film. I mean, to me, if you're going to count Blade Runner in the the pantheon of robot films, Rucker Hauer yeah. is the best robot yeah. ever on film. Yeah. Rucker Hauer could not save this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he would okay. have tried. He would have at least walked like a robot for the entire movie, which is something that Andy Kaufman could not manage to do. I don't think anything could have saved this movie. It's badly written. It's badly conceptualized. It has... It does have something that it wants to say. Something. It's trying, and they very badly, like, badly written, explicitly try to say what they're talking about yeah. as far as free will. And But I, I don't think anything could have saved this movie. Yeah. How's this for a segue? It's trying to say something so hard, but it doesn't really have a proper voice box. Kind of like Bumblebee from the Transformers or, yeah. I don't know, Philco from this movie. Yeah. Who is voiced by, do you guys know? Yes. Who, do y'all know who voiced it. Philco? Yes. Oh, you said it. You said it? Did Jerry I miss that Jerry Garcia. Oh, Jerry. Why didn't we talk about that? Yeah, Jerry Garcia. <laughs> Which I have to know if he was just standing in a recording booth going. Right. I like to think actually he was just completely on LSD rolling around on a bed full of keyboards. Okay. I like yeah. to think he was in the recording studio high on LSD, rolling around on the floor, and they just had a boom mic while he went, whoop, yeah. whoop. <laughs> See, it's, a, all right, are we going to talk about the actual plot of this right. movie? Yes, we are. Let me, uh, so let me introduce the movie with this quote. My name is Crime Buster 00719. I'm a cop. My crime-fighting computer contains one million microchips, thousands of circuits, and a couple of loose wires. I'm the deluxe model. I draw my pay. I do my job. Uh, at this point, during this voiceover, a, uh, a car, a vehicle, let's call it a vehicle, a tank on car tires. Uh, is which I would around. like to interject Sponsored by a GM. Sponsored by GM. Yep. It, uh, yes, this is very much of a GM. I'm gonna be vehicle. just. I'm just. I, I'm just gonna be mumbling that underneath 
the whole time we say this. We, we, this we, we talk about this film. Film is Prime SpongeBob GM. One million microchips. One million microchips. One million microchips and, a, and thousands of circuits and a couple of loose wires because this is a this is a cop that can't be controlled, right? This he has evidence by the cannon. fact that he immediately takes out a stump. Uh-huh, because yeah. two skunks are yeah. hiding behind it. Because obviously they're terrified of this vehicle rolling through the forest, destroying the natural wilderness. See, again, I think a a hallmark of bad films Mm -hmm. is a shoehorned in early narration. Just like how in Theodore Rex, they have the the early scroll. This is an early scroll. You're talking about Once Upon a Time in the future. (laughs) In Once Upon a Time in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But honestly, I would have rather watched the Crime Buster robot just rolling through the forest, shooting at woodland animals for two hours, rather so I, than watch. And she's a vegetarian. What we watched. <laughs> they always get I, away, though. They get away. I, I will give this, that's the one one point I will give to this film, is mm-hmm. that anytime as an animal looks in danger, after the danger, it appears okay. Yeah, great. Uh, it didn't pull, the, <laughs> it didn't pull the, the classic Disney, we're going to scare these lemmings off a cliff. Um, yes, this, this I, I want to call the crime buster though, because the biggest movie, the biggest crime that this movie commits is it made me think in the first couple minutes, this was going to be the movie that I was going to be watching. So- and it only is every once in a while. Like every once in a while, it turns into this pretty decent comedy sketch about a cop that is a robot vehicle that goes to places that you would absolutely not, you would expect it to be like patrolling the streets of a city, which it kind of does. It's not a city, it's a really small town. We never see a city in this whole film. Right, we do see a small town, but like this thing is insane. And I'm almost in the first couple minutes, okay, I can get on board with where this is going. And then it takes a real sharp left turn into the factory. <laughs> but, but again, I think all of the robot, the, all, so are, uh, by the way, are all cars bastards? Is that what we're saying now? <laughs> uh, all those scenes, there's very few scenes where they actually, I think there's two where they actually interact with the, the, the car robot. I can't remember its name now. Crime Buster. Crime Buster. 00719. Yeah. As if they filmed the movie yeah. and then realized we have no antagonist. <laughs> yeah. Other than uh, boredom. Yeah. <laughs> other than malaise. That is probably true. That yeah. is most likely true. The but voice we also point of, out that this movie has mm-hmm. a very young Randy Quaid, mm-hmm. pre-insanity. Yeah, yeah. Randy Quaid, when, when I saw Randy Quaid's name in the title, I was expecting Randy Quaid from the vacation movies yeah. or from Independence Day. And I this is a, just Randy Quaid taking this, his role more seriously than Andy Kaufman took his role. Well, <laughs> Let's this, put it that yes, way. This is, this is Randy Quaid being like, maybe I can be handsome. And then later the world telling him, no. <laughs> you are the lesser of the Quaids. So just to to move to the the main plot in quotation marks. So we meet Andy Kaufman's robot, yes. who is for some reason wearing a suit. Uh-huh. Well he's, like, well, he's like a protocol droid. But it brings up a lot of questions why they would dress them in fabric. So the way um, the way we meet him, Valcom is his name, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. He's being like driven through the factory because he had a recent injury. That's sort of our like character introduction to Valcom. And whenever I explained what the injury was, I have a feeling mm-hmm. that because of his annoying voice, he was just pummeled by his No, he, industrial accident. Oh, industrial accident. Yeah, second level appendage laceration. So here's actually what happened. I remember him telling this story at the beginning. Oh wow, I tuned out. I'm sorry. They because the, the people, Randy Quaid and his and his boss that are like, or his partner, I guess, that are driving the forklift or the fork. Let me t- let me t- t- go back a few steps. <laughs> In this factory, they this is a factory that services all of the robots for this company. I forgot the name, but it's who is it, Jake? It's sponsored by GM. GM. Yeah, so yeah, so that's what you need to know. It's a GM factory where they 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 service and I guess create and test all of these robots that go to that have various purposes and go to various places in the world. And in the factory itself, some of the people are people, but then like the forklift driver is is a old model robot. And yeah. it sort of is wearing this daft punk helmet while driving the forklift. And then we see right, so Andy Kaufman. Is on, yeah, they broke up, sad. Andy Kaufman is riding on this forklift because he was injured and they're like putting him in the storage before he is able to get repaired, I guess, later. He, they ask him, I guess, what happened to you? And he says, uh, second level appendage laceration. And he tells this story about how he was standing near a work zone and the, right. the, the form, the four person, I think, said, hey, pick those up. And he was like, no, I'm a comm bot. I'm a communications. Like, I just do secretarial duties. I'm C-3PO, basically. And the guy was like, no, you're a robot. Pick it up. And then I guess he damaged his arm that way or his leg that way. or Whatever was damaged. His appendage was damaged uh, by something heavy, like tearing it or falling on it. I'm which certain the movie showed think, it. I didn't watch the movie more than once. Which, which makes me think of the Einstein quote. If you teach, if you judge a fish by how it climbs a tree, it will always fail. Makes me think of the heartbeats okay. quote. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yes. Some people use a Rolls Royce to plow turnips. It's true. <laughs> That's a saying we all say. Okay. So- another another hallmark <laughs> of bad movies is in is is saying things that are colloquialisms that are nobody's colloquialism, which is my my favorite of all time is Con Air's. I know it's your barbecue, but I still want to eat. <laughs> Valcom gets put up on a shelf overlooking this gorgeous, I, I assume this was like the Oregon or, or How Colorado. How fucking dare you, sir? You wilderness. say that... You say that state's name correctly. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Um, it's like uh, like a like a six sided shape, right? That's how you say it. Oregon. What's what? What was that word though for six sided shape? I can't think of the word. It's a for hexagon. Hexagon. That's right. So G O N. Oregon. Fix the end. I don't know. Oregon. I don't know. Maybe it's named after an indigenous word. So maybe okay. your white puritanical language shouldn't be dominating the name of the state of an indigenous people. That is there are tall trees. What state is this? Just white people. It's just filled with white just people. Just white okay. supremacists. It's just white people in All right, there's tall well there's really tall, gorgeous trees anyway. overlooking the, <laughs> the bay windows of this factory where Valcom gets stored. Uh Colorado, next, by the way. Yeah it was filmed oh, Colorado, that's the answer. Okay, that's the answer I was looking for. And was refused or as we to say, Google Colorado <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we could we could consult uh, some of our Colorado listeners to find out. I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah, Colorado. 
Colorado. Um, so uh, Val gets put on a shelf next to <laughs> Aquacom 89045, who is a custom reconditioned comm unit that was reconditioned as a compa- to be a companion hostess for poolside parties. And she is wearing my favorite outfit in this movie. She's got like the coolest, I love future fashion and she's got the coolest like future fashion in this movie. Yeah. She's got like this one big shoulder thing that's like angular, but uh, but is an oval. Everything's like neon almost. She's really, really, I think she's cool looking. Also she has Peters. pretty awesome tinsel hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but here here's here's the clear issue with her costume is that there was some decision to like put something over Bernadette Peters' teeth, and I think that limited any choice she was gonna make as an actress. There's a weird dubbing thing. Going <laughs> there, yeah. On. There's a and then that's one thing I do want to point about also about this movie is there's there's very bad overdubbing throughout mm-hmm. the whole film. Especially in the beginning, for some reason, when they're going through the factory, I didn't know if like the boom mic guy just quit in protest. But <laughs> there was no he got he got replaced by a boom bot. Boom bot, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, from GM, sponsored by GM, sponsored by GM. But also when they do go into the specifics of her role as a robot, mm-hmm. and there mm-hmm. are some very dark implications yes. to yeah. her role as sort of a poolside hostess. Yeah. That she makes men feel good, and then they buy her a banana daiquiri. Banana daiquiri, wink, wink, wink. It's um, it's seedy. It's seedy. Yeah, I'm seedy is a good word for it. I'm yeah. seedy. I'm pretty sure the, sure the uh, pool party she attends also has a champagne room. Yeah, it's the, the AI says what this movie is saying a lot more explicitly. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 this, yeah. This movie is rated PG, not even PG thirteen. It's rated PG. Yeah, what do you know, and, Joe? Like everything that you're saying is absolutely accurate up to the the banana daiquiri thing, and it's like it is the it is one of the few times this movie is trying to say something. Like, I would argue about society. I guess I guess about women's role in society and using Bernadette Peters as a robot who is designed, as she states when when she's explaining what her like purpose is. Uh, and Alyssa, you might be able to word this better than me, but. Basically, it's to like tell make men feel better is is yep. kind of how she puts it, right? Yep. And like laugh at their jokes that and yeah. Yep. And um, as uh, Siskel and Ebert said, this entire movie takes place before the credits. This is still before the credits still when they meet. The yep. Mm. Um, and you learn everything you need to know before the credits. Everything after that is totally unnecessary. <laughs> but there are they are actually raising some interesting points about you know. In a very PG way, if there were robots and there were female robots with tinsel hair who were hostesses at pool parties, but then they make it really weird when Andy Kaufman was like, what if I bought you a banana daiquiri in his Mm -hmm. very bad robot voice? We'll talk about the pleasure centers later. Oh, the pleasure centers. Oh, no. And But he also, in this conversation, I can't tell if he is negging her if he's just flat out insulting like her entire being and her entire purpose but she says she says something about how like she her main quality is charm right she's charismatic she can carry on a conversation she's charming he says charm computes i'm not going to try to do that that awful accent do not uh but he says charm do not I won't. However, Char- however, I do expect a robot at some point in our campaign to show up that has that voice. I hate that voice. I won't do it. 
Charm computes, charm computes as an irrelevant exchange of human data. Therefore, it cannot increase efficiency. And it's like, dude, she just told you about how charm is how she does her job. Right. So what are you talking about? It can't increase efficiency. That is what she does. So like, I get what he's saying. And I think it's another thing this movie is trying to say. Try it. Robots yes, they- aren't built to do, robots shouldn't be built to do things that are explicitly human qualities. They should be, just be built to do like, data and what what uh, what val ultimately does which is like stock and analysis right commodities trading so there there is sort of there's a robot code which is exist to serve with logic and efficiency yeah which it's creepy makes her role interesting in it in a world where this movie does not exist (laughs) that the female role is to serve men with logic and efficiency by making them feel good about themselves and then accepting banana daiquiris. Banana daiquiris. As payment. Yeah, she, I will say, uh, that uh, Aqua, Aqua is her name. She does have a lot of agency in this movie, but Val is, I, in my opinion, constantly cutting her down. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah, Always. absolutely. The whole time. Yeah. Worst romantic partnership ever. Yeah. yeah. But can we now move on to the next character that we get introduced to, which is the Borscht Belt comedian. Absolutely. I will let you introduce Catskill for us. So his name is Catskill. <sighs> and he is a um, he's a comedy robot that has his own built-in rim shot. Yeah. <laughs> I should insert a rim shot in the, in the audio. Yes, please do. He was actually voiced by a Borscht Belt comedian. Um, all the jokes were written. By Henny Youngman. By Henny Youngman. And apparently he is malfunctioning because he only tells bad one-liners. Yeah. We but find out like, later, though, that's a choice that he made. That's a choice. I know, which is interesting to we, me. Mm-hmm. That's a very interesting It is the part. only interesting choice in this movie. Because did, it did is y'all, about, did, showing sentience. Yes. When when y'all were watching this movie, did you know who my favorite character was? It was a Catskill. Oh, it's Catskill. 100%. <laughs> oh, 100%. Catskill is the only... Uh, Catskill is maybe the only character that comes out of this movie. I don't know. I like the bear quite a bit. The unseen okay. bear. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, the bear the bear did bear things. It was a bear. Yes, uh, <laughs> because the, the only point in this movie where I actually cared and I got very angry was the emotional cat skill scene, which we are jumping way ahead. Yeah. But that was the only yeah. time I actually cared. Yeah. But all right, so yeah, cat skill is is a he looks like Rodney Dangerfield if you turned him into a robot, yeah. put him in a suit. He's well, very soupy sales. He's he a big cigar. cigar for some reason. No, big I don't. Cigar. I think, the thing is, actually, I think he's always smoking. Yeah, he physically is always smoking. It's not a right. cigar. They also mention in the factory scene that the cigar is like an upgrade, or like he's the deluxe model, so he yeah. has the the cigar add on or something like that. See, he's malfunctioning because you can only tell the bad Bad one-liners. So the the implication is that there's like thousands, right? Or maybe just hundreds, but there's lots of these Catskills, Vals, and Aquas all over the place. And like other types, there's the sweeper bots that we see, the Daft Punk bots. Um, There's there's the maids and the butler bots later. Butler bots, yeah. I have to ask you, Lou, when you watch this, what year did you think this took place in? Yeah, that's... I they never they're never What year did did you think they thought it was? Okay, at one at one point in the film they, 
they take a pickup truck out to go yeah. try to find the bots. And and they also fly a helicopter. So they're like coordinating with the truck and wait, the helicopter. Wait, do they? Do they fly a helicopter? I'm we're because gonna get I want that. I wanna point something out very specifically. I don't know if it's because the scope was changed mm. after a reformatting, but the 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 helicopter pilot literally is there is a shot of a helicopter joystick Mm -hmm. but her hands are not on it and she's holding nothing and just moving her hands around and it was an arcade machine it was not absolutely it was just an arcade machine (laughs) this this movie had holding nothing i'm sorry i had to point that out but also can i can i point out that catskill when he goes to sleep snores so someone programmed him to snore yeah yeah Definitely what a man that programmed. <laughs> not a woman. Oh, you were asking me what year? Yeah, um, what year do you sorry, think this is? Sorry, sorry. It's just that that thing made that made me very angry when I saw. No, it. this movie is all over the place. So no, don't apologize. Uh, the so that's the thing. This year, the, here's the year that it is in this movie because like that's why I brought up the car, the the pickup truck, and and the helicopter. We know that it's like that's the level of human vehicle technology and our and the buildings look they don't look futuristic really for any reason and they have record stores if record stores uh, the only things that's like futuristic even the home that we see later it's a nice home with a pool when they go to the pool party but it's not like a futuristic home other than Mm, i don't know the egg the egg the hard-boiled egg the weird of that home home is very odd okay but but my point is like that we don't see like big future tech in this home. It doesn't have hollow screens everywhere. No. You know, the only tech, the only future tech we really see are the robots. This movie doesn't, it's not like AI, which like also has an amphibicopter, right? That that means we're hundreds of years into the future. This movie, I'll tell you what, what year it takes place in. It's Biff Tannen's 1981 alternate. Yes, hellscape. it's exactly <laughs> what it is. Because in Back to the Future 2, Marty goes to the, the future, Biff, old Biff steals the almanac and goes back to the past yeah. to give it to his young self. So then by, by 1985, that Biff has built this empire. So this is four Which years. Which is neither loop theory or branch theory, and it bothers me. Sure, we could talk about Back to the Future some other time. <laughs> but, but actually, that makes but, me like this movie so much more that it is actually like the fever dream of Biff. <laughs> well, this is, I'm saying that this is part of Biff's empire. This is where Biff's okay. empire got to in 1981. And then at some point, he was like, no more robots. Or there was some sort of apocalyptic robot war that led to what 1985 looks like in that movie. That's a much better movie that we should be talking about. Let's get through Heartbeats. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> we've been Catskill. So we've so collected Val, Aqua, Catskill. One of my notes, which yes. is um, less than ten minutes in, my exclamation was, "This is horrific." <laughs> and then yep. Jake responded, "Are you not enjoying the John Williams score?" <laughs> <laughs> Goodness! If either of you can hum one of the the, the nope. themes from this movie, I will give you a hundred dollars right now. I will Venmo you one hundred dollars nope. right now. Andy Kaufman tries to be a robot. robot. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) Uh, I think that's That's maybe worth a hundred pennies. So I'll (laughs) lend you a dollar. So, all right. So they, so they decide, Val decides he needs to, looking at all these trees, he has this conversation with Aqua. 
great. They talk about no, but their feelings. First, their moment, their romance moment is mm-hmm. there is a, a big thunderstorm, thunderstorm and there's lightning. Yeah. Yes. And they're slightly scared by the lightning. The power which, goes out. I don't understand why they're scared by lightning. And they and they clasp hands. Like they do in one of in one of the worst in one of the worst jump cuts in, in this movie. Very there. bad. Yep. Pretty bad. Um, see, this would have been a perfect opportunity for like something to happen in the storm to sure. make them like get short circuited, mm-hmm. or and or then a tree so the crashes thing, through the giant factory window. Yeah, and or then, like, like so that's the why first, they decide they need to go outside. Yeah. So and then the first thing they see is the the rainbow. So they're like, we need to know what the is at the end of that. So then yeah. there's actually like a fucking reason for the rest of the movie. Well, the rainbow, the rainbow is the, is the trees. It's these giant sequoias or whatever they are, these giant redwoods that Val is looking out on because he trades lumber, or his expertise is lumber commodities, right? So he convinces himself and Catskill, who we argue is sentient at this point, yeah. so that they have, he has to go on a fact-finding mission to go ex- like look at these trees and basically evaluate their, their, va- their value, like their, their market value. Uh, and what materials can be made from them. So that is, that is, no. that is where the movie like gives us That's the entire inciting incident. This is where you can make That's an argument that the protagonist. That's title card that says Finn. Right. But, th- but this is where you can make an argument that like, because you brought up Joseph Campbell during Theodore Rex. Yeah, that, fine. fine. <laughs> that... Uh, this is where the hero is answering the call, right? He's He is a active protagonist. He is driving the plot forward. It's only happening because of this protagonist, right? So this movie in the first act is introducing elements and it's setting up a story. It just is doing so with Andy Kaufman at the wheel. And then he literally gets in a truck and drives for the first time. <laughs> and it's And we see where this movie's budget is going. <laughs> And why, my biggest question, yep. why is this truck not self-driving? Why is the truck not a robot? I'm going to go back to my previous answer for Theodore Rex. Doesn't matter. Does not okay. matter. Doesn't my matter. Answer Doesn't matter. Is, Doesn't matter. answer is sponsored by GM. Monster crime buster is on the but, case crime yeah. buster. but then but then he he crashes the truck so but wait yeah. we we miss we did miss the part where they show we didn't how, miss anything we, but but go we ahead where they show how awesome crime buster is at killing old ladies okay i so request elaboration where right, it is the factory it's where they're they, bringing where they're, they're bringing in defective robots they're bringing in oh they have robots. the men in black three they have the uh, men in black they have the men in black scene the the yes. yeah, 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 part, yeah the shooting range yeah 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 so they yeah they're, so they're bringing in catskill and as catskill's going by no it's like oh oh you're right yeah right, yeah right. catskill's coming in and then there's these two technicians and they're like oh this robot is so good at shooting things and then it shoots things that are good. And then, but an old lady shows up. And it's all so many questions. Who makes the old lady cutouts? Those are your questions. Jake, why are you wondering about these things? <laughs> no, no, no. Those it's just, are okay. your questions. And again, like, <laughs> for some reason, there's a weird cartoon. There's a weird cartoony thing in yeah. all of the Crime Buster scenes. That the way they yeah. took him to shoot the, the bad things are the arcade duck thing. Yeah. Where it's just like, shoot it, shoot it. 
Yeah. yeah. And they're like, and oh, it doesn't quite work. Yeah, so, well, it's like it's like you said, this movie would have been 45 minutes long, yeah. but then yeah. they were like, oh, wait, it needs some sort of antagonist. So they they filmed a whole entire arc with this yeah. crime buster thing, and it only needed to interact with the main characters like once during no, it so when it is, they're a scene remember. when they are pretending to be, this is very important to the plot of this film. They're pretending bushes. to be bushes. Bushes. But robot bushes. Robotic bushes. Yeah. Name another movie that has robot bushes. I mean, we're making it sound Give like 30 a movie you should watch. <laughs> yeah, don't. Don't. Just don't watch anyway, that movie. Uh, so moving, sorry, going back to the plot. So we, we so. So anyway, they fall in love because sure. <laughs> lightning, lightning is scary yeah. and they yep. held hands. And they get the truck. They talked about a rainbow. Crash the truck. Sponsored by GM. Um, yeah, and then. Yeah, Casco yeah. came along because. But again, there, sure. there's more like. Borshi I think just because they asked him to. There's more borshi belt jokes while he's mm-hmm. driving about asking for directions, and I don't need to ask for directions. Waka waka. Because he should have a built-in GPS, which he kind, which Val kind of does. He has a direction, a bow tie directional right. finder. Yes, the bow tie. Uh, bow tie. Sure, but sure. I guess they okay. just didn't. I guess they just didn't um, foresee Tom Tom in in 1981. And, and, and also, like and also, there's a later problem that is only addressed later that they need batteries. Yes, the battery packs. There also, are. We haven't touched on the pleasure centers yet. No, that's a no, different that's thing. My, that's I don't want to touch anything's pleasure center in this movie. <laughs> but first of all, we have to get to how they make a robot baby. Well, that's that's after that. Yeah, so, uh, oh God, I'm, I'm trying so hard to skip past things to get to that. Lou, not gonna lie, Lou, my favorite character in this movie was Phil, voiced okay. by Jerry Garcia. I okay. really, I really liked Phil. Phil was an interesting, dynamic, multifaceted character for me. Fair, fair. Uh, God, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> we're getting, we're getting to the making of baby. Oh, there are. Listen, listen. I really have to get this off my chest because they, <laughs> this is like there's a okay, there's a scene in Bicentennial Man. All yep. right, listeners, if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and download. Bicentennial Man, there's a scene where a robot who has a computer brain sits down at, or he doesn't sit down at a computer. The family, he does, he does a wood carving. It turns out he read a book about it. The family though asks, did he, did he do that on the computer? So what they're imagining, what they're asking is, did this robot sit down at a computer and type and like use a mouse and click a mouse? No, it has a computer brain. There are self-driving cars yep. and self-driving cop cops car cop cars yeah. self-driving forklifts in this movie universe, but not trucks and helicopters. Why is Val driving a truck? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't I told matter. you, sponsored by GM. Doesn't matter. All right, so they crash, and then they decide we got to build a, a thing to pull our spare parts, and they build Philco. So I'm going to let you guys talk about Philco because I don't want to talk about Philco. Well, okay. Why don't you want to talk about Philco? <laughs> okay, so specifically, this, I have, I have, I'm angry. Clear, at Philco. So there's there's a C. There's a very quick shot, very quick shot of this quote building of Philco where Andy Kaufman is holding pliers right over his crotch. Oh, yeah, it's a very And doing a weird little dance. There's a mm-hmm. very definite, like, this is a sex thing. Yeah, this is clearly a sex yeah. thing. Even though he's been negging her the whole time. The whole time. So they make so Phil- clearly they didn't use robot protection. 
So they made Philco, which is basically their baby. A spare parts carrier portable power tool. Which is basically what babies are, right? Yeah, that's what Yeah. That's what I, I mean. Was, if you yeah. have a kid, well, they're there to just well carry to make your a kid. Device. First, you need to crash a truck. Yeah, I have yeah. I have very young nieces and nephews, and I remember when they were born. Anytime we were like, oh, "Man, I really need a drill to hang the shelf." Oh, baby Charlotte, come here, <laughs> come here, real quick. I don't know. Every time one of my friends has had a baby, they come out and they're like, "That was a fucking car crash." So fair, it makes, it makes sense. Fair. Um, so, so they, they make a baby make and a baby. then they make do the the parent thing where it's like he has your circuits and yeah and he has your yeah yeah go yeah. man get those out of his mouth and and they and the, but they do comment i guess um i guess robots can make a baby just like humans can make a baby only god can make a tree though there's a little bit of a side commentary about how only god can make a tree right thou thou says that God is an irrational, unknown variable which humans associate with the value judgment known as goodness. And I mean, this, not wrong. Not wrong. Um, Drop the mic. Not up. wrong, but like this might be the last time the movie tries to like go yes. go yeah. anywhere with it any is, idea. It is the last time we get any kind of. I don't know. Later, or... there's a weird birds and the bees talk. Okay. But... Yeah. We do get just viewers, listeners. We do get Christopher Guest later on. And okay. it, do we? Which it's is important worth, it's, and it's, much needed. It's worth sticking around for Christopher Guest. Is it? Is it worth sticking around? Is it worth fast forwarding to the Christopher Guest? All right, yeah, okay, it. maybe, maybe. So anyway, they, <laughs> that's the better question. They, they make little film. <laughs> they they do make a little baby. Have you all? Have y'all seen uh, Batteries Not Included? Yes, long time ago, but yes. And I so put I've this, listened to your episode. This movie and Batteries Unincluded are the only two movies I can think of where we see robots making baby, literally baby robots, not just like replicating another robot or building another robot, but literally like two robot parents making a baby robot. Can you think of any other examples? besides? Are you familiar with the horror sci-fi movie Screamers? Yeah. Yeah. Where they they're pretend self, to be humans, right? They're self-replicating. And they're okay. And I they mean, and they make new generations. Don't make me watch Screamers. I would don't I would argue no. <laughs> no. that's next, Lou. We called a truce. <laughs> I would Alyssa, argue, go ahead before Jake says anything else. Uh, um Real Housewives of New York is basically also that that uh just making making robot babies. Anyway. Anyway, so Philco is uh, <laughs> Philco. They um, they encounter. No, you guys said they they go to this cave. They find this cave because they have mm-hmm. to. I don't know. Find shelter for the night. They're traveling. Who knows? The, <laughs> there's a there's a cave, and they see some sort of animal outside the cave. No, they do not. They hear a they noise. Hear, they hear. A oh, noise. I'm sorry. They hear it, which uh, definitely doesn't sound like a bear. Well, Val analyzes the sound, and you might be right because he analyzes it to be a camel, and he very confidently tells Aqua that it is a camel. Walk on, uh, and then and then they, I mean, they, I'll, they set up the joke that then when they encounter it, they're like, "Oh no, a camel!" Great. Um, they okay. get scared. They scare the camel. I forget how. The bear Philco scares it, right? Yeah, great. Well, what is Philco it? gets attacked. <laughs> He tries. Oh, he, oh. Uses, he tries. No, no, he tries to roll for persuasion. No, that's Val. That does it. <laughs> Val, Val goes into the cave. Yeah, Val goes into the and cave. Sa- and he convinces 
uh, Aqua that he can convince this yeah. wild animal that they are no threat. Yeah. And he says to yeah. the camel or bear, whatever it is, yeah. um, we are no threat. He rolls and, a three. And then he gets thrown out of the cave mouth in slow motion. In slow motion. And lands with a boing, boing, boing noise. Yeah, so that, that does remind me of something that the reason I wanted to talk about this bear camel is because... <laughs> the sound effects of things. Yes. Uh, first of all, first, this is something that needs to be addressed real quick. Aqua asks Val when they when they hear it, or I, this might even be when they see it. What is the designation of that hostile vertebrate? That's when that's when Val gives the answer that it's a camel. Aqua, I'm upset. Like I don't know, if, listeners can't see my face, but I just did like the I got something to say, <laughs> wagging my <laughs> finger. Val, I'm sorry, Aqua. Aqua has enough. Uh, information in her brain, right, to carry a conversation at pool parties or whatever encyclopedic knowledge a robot might have that's as advanced as Aqua. She knows it's a hostile, she calls it vertebrate. She doesn't know it's a bear, though. Like, that's not a common enough word for her to know. She has to ask that question. Again, I'm going to say the same thing you've said to me. These are your questions. All right. No, I was hoping what? it would be like the movie saying something about the declination of the wilderness because of crime busters going out and burning down trees. No, my answer was Trunks. her. she was programmed to please men. Oh. So she would be like, I don't know, maybe some kind of vertebrate. And she would expect him to say, sounds like a bear. And he'd be like, camel? And so you can like, feel smart. Sure. Oh, sure, camel. Yeah. That's a... Very, very vicious camel. Because that's what happens at pool parties in Vegas, I yeah. guess. Okay. I, I hear what you're saying, though. That's like she's asking an obvious question so that the, the man can feel smart, right? That's like part of her, probably like part of her protocol. Yeah, that's, see, sure. there's there's layers in this movie. We found some layers. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> sure. Okay, so the sound effect thing, this is the kind of movie where they show a frog and then you hear a voice actor go, ribbit. <laughs> yes. But, can, but, can, okay. but this was actually during a, was a, a, a screen actor strike? That's right. It, okay. So there was actually a strike during this movie. So maybe they were. Maybe caused by this movie. Maybe All they right. were throwing some workout to some actors to say ribbit. I don't know. Ribbit. All right. I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's just, I, I didn't know Frog what noise. to I didn't know what to take away from it. And I wanted to bring it up in case like, but yeah. that's, that might be a good takeaway. There was a Screen Actors Guild strike starting in July, 1980 and resumed in October of 1980. So during this movie, there was a Screen Actors Guild strike. I don't okay. think it helps in any way. And you also said Andy Kaufman, uh, his performance was on strike during this movie, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so as, a, as a thought experiment, uh, Alyssa and I, what like there's so many scenes where they're just walking around. We just imagine somebody with a bullhorn going, okay, walk around, but remember you're a robot. No, you're, you're a robot. Which Do you is remember? Oh, never mind. Immediately after the bear camel scene, yeah. they are walking around a field for what feels like eternity. Yeah. Yeah. And Bernadette Peters always knows she's a robot. Andy mm -hmm. Kaufman forgets sometimes. Or I feel like it's like the director's calling that on the, the megaphone and Andy Ka and, and they're like, uh, Andy, you, you tripped over something. It didn't look uh, robotic. We got to take it back. And he's just like, nope. Yeah. You get one take. 
Well, apparently Stan, <laughs> because they filmed it in the summer in Colorado mm-hmm. and the heat was just melting all off all of the, that again, this is a Oscar nominated film. I imagine. For the makeup. The makeup is good. Stan Winston is a fantastic makeup artist. But apparently he was not happy with the makeup for The Wiz and what he experimented with in this film was gelatin based, but then it got hot and it would melt Melt. off people's faces. So he was having a nervous (laughs) breakdown because they were filming in the heat and the gelatin would just melt off and he'd have to go and reapply all the completely useless prosthetics. Yeah. That's fair. I went, back when I thought this was an Andy Kaufman passion project, I felt less bad about things like that because I, I thought like, okay, he did it to himself. But that is grueling. That is That sounds terrible. Could Doug Jones have saved this movie? Mm. Mm. Or Andy oh, Serkis? Doug Jones' Catskill could be pretty fucking awesome. Well, I like Catskill. Let's leave Catskill alone. Oh, no, Catskill's okay. perfect. No, no, Catskill, Catskill, and for me, I still like Phil. I'm sorry, I like Phil. Okay. I got emotionally attached to Phil. But Doug Jones or Andy Serkis as Val. I'm still going to go with Robin Williams. I don't know why. I just think yeah. it worked. No. Uh, no. No one could have saved this movie. Fair. Um, well, I'm, not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying it would have saved the film. I'm just saying it would have been better than Andy Cuppin. And I yeah. love Andy Cuppin. Val Wonderful gives his bowtie directional finder to Phil. Right. And uh, Aqua gives her unit safety monitor to Phil. Uh, so now Phil is becoming this amalgamation of different, he's this legion of different parts from different robots, and and he's his own. His the first, I would say, I would have to assume in this movie's universe, the first of its kind, the first robot built out of random parts of other robots yeah. by robots, because and we do they, see robots built by the junkyard folk later on, later. Uh, and they say, that are like maybe. scrapyard things, they, but this is do, the first one that's. And they do say that they intentionally gave him free will. Yeah. Yeah. I forget. Like, was there an explanation for that, that they said how they did that or like, that's fine. So so they get, they're in the cave. We're in the cave as well. (laughs) We have to talk about the private moment where. Oh, yeah. Everybody walks in on the pleasure centers. No, you got y'all, y'all talk about that. It's going to be your section. uh, While I prepare something for what's your snack later on. (laughs) So, so go ahead. The floor is, I turn the microphone to my co-hosts. There's one of the most unsexy scenes probably in film history where a robotic Bernadette Peters and a not so robotic Andy Kaufman slowly jiggle towards each other. And they have on their backs, which kind of, in my opinion, look like the same flag from Community. Mm. So by that, I mean assholes. Right, and she and he wants to give her a banana daiquiri, right? Right, yep, a full-on banana daiquiri. But why does he have a pleasure mm-hmm. center? Yep. That's a good question. Yep. Because he he's not a, ostensibly, he's not no. a companion bot, right? He's just yeah. a, like a work friend. Yeah. That's, his design is to be a your work friend who's really good at doing automated tasks. Yeah. But they keep saying my pleasure center is like malfunctioning. Yeah. Because a, I I want to be close to you. And Yep. All right. Well, that answered a question. I'm sorry, Alyssa, I cut you off. What did you say? I have nothing to say about that. Yeah, I was that answered I'm a question about that one. I'm just that, that's all I have to say about that. That answered a question about this movie that I didn't know that I had and also don't want to know the answer to. Mm-hmm. 
So they go to a hardware store because <laughs> their energy packs are getting low. And the hardware store is sold out of energy packs. They find some other stuff. There's some back and forth about Philco being a little kid and wanting stuff that's unnecessary, but yeah. they let him have it anyway because he's 1980s got free will. parenting. Crime Buster shows up, right? Right. So this is the scene. We need to talk. We need to set up this scene. Do they we? come out of the hardware store. Yep. Crime Buster is on their tail. And Crime Buster, which is, is next about, to the record store, yeah, and he's about, but he's about. But we're to in the future, and we still have records. But anyway, catch our heroes, and they come up with this brilliant plan to, because it's a cartoon, hide behind bushes and potted plants and walk across the street like in a cartoon. Exactly, if you didn't watch this movie, exactly the way you're picturing it in your head is exactly the way it looks on screen, yep. but the not funny version of that yeah, somehow. completely not funny. And a robot's just dumb? Is that the joke? I don't know because we talked about like Bernadette Peters's uh, Aqua's like willful ignorance, you know, for the sake of conversation and in feeding yeah. the ego of her companions that, that hire her or whatever. Well, also, like, also, they're all malfunctioning. Except that's another skill who has free will, which he expresses as in the scene, mm -hmm. standing up to authority. No, that's during this when he's a bush. He's yelling at the at the crime bot, right? Yeah. Yeah. We don't know he has free will. We don't know yet, but he is expressing his free will by the totalitarian force of crime bot. I'm trying, Lou. I'm trying. Listen, crime, but crime no, there, there is a commentary. Yeah. Go ahead. The idea that both Andy Kaufman's model and Bernadette Peter's model can lie. Yeah. But yeah. And they get they get out of this by like the, they use the robot litany, they bring that up so that they can cause this, this logic loop on, they can sort of inflict this, this logic loop on Crime Buster, which you brought up Blade Runner. Isn't that kind of like the thing they do with the replicants when they bring them into that room and they ask them questions really quickly? And it's, isn't that like a test to see it, it puts them into this sort of override loop if, if they fail? Sure, and that would imply that the <laughs> humanoid robots in this movie are like the more advanced models than the Crime Buster, who mm -hmm. is basically like a tank, which makes sense in another movie. In a movie where somebody thought about this other than the two of us, right? Right, right, yep. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, they, they, de they defeat him with logic, except that there is no other logic in this film whatsoever. Yeah, I'm going to try to, like, I'm going to try to remember it. It was something about we exist to serve with logic and efficiency, and the fact that they are committing a crime, like, that would not be logical or efficient, so therefore a robot cannot be a criminal, so therefore even though they're criminals uh, that he's caught, these criminals can't be robots because robots are not criminals. But It's just this Ouroboros of that logic, right? But if they're created from pieces that weren't them, then sorry, no, <laughs> a little sure, one. Add another layer to it, Jake. I was going to say um, because you you just left, which I don't blame you. <laughs> this movie does have one thing to say about authoritarianism and about like cops. Yeah. Uh, at one yeah. point, no knock entry is legal. Since yeah. this is a high speed chase, a no knock entry is legal. This is when Crime Buster is breaking into the home of the this poor woman who's hosting a pool party. 
that the robots oh, crash. Party. In which we understand that the fashion of the future is either flannel and jeans or full body jumpsuits in neon lycra. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's one or the other, that's all you get. Yeah. That's where they go to next, is they go to a party. Why do they go to the party? Who cares? Hide. They, they it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right, to hide, to hide. So they go in. But what am I so he disguises himself as a butler, right? He's a butler. Yeah. And Catskill is is killing at this oh, point. Oh, he is cleaning he up. found his audience. Yeah. Yeah. While he's butlering, I, one of my favorite things to do in bad movies is, well, actually any movie, is to watch bad background or extra people. Okay. And as Annie Kaufman is walking around, right right in dead center of the screen is a guy in completely non-future wear. Just jeans, flannel, holding one of the deviled eggs. Is that his fault, though? No, it's not his fault. But I, <laughs> but I love it. But he's just staring at this deviled egg. And the whole time, he's like, he's by himself, so he has no action to do. So mm-hmm. his whole action is just holding this deviled egg. And I literally yelled at the screen, eat it, eat it, nobody cares. And also this, this is Aqua's like milieu. This is what oh. she excels at. Yeah, true. And no yep, one milieu. really, no one pays attention to her expertise of like, I am a hostess. This is how you, they, they do it badly. Yeah, it's true. Like she, she tells Val like, this is what you do. And he does it kind of badly, which again is, they're not a good couple. They're not a good couple. No, no, he's no, he's terrible. <laughs> the, uh, anything more to say about this pool party before we go on to yes, this movie yes, is sponsored by yes. GM that's and right. also that, by one other sponsor. But oh, what else do you have to say about the pool party before we that get the to the theme that? of the pool party was apparently deviled eggs because when the crime buster busts out the wall of the party, we no, knock entry. all the furniture is kind of egg shaped. You said the house itself was kind of egg-shaped, right? There's just eggs everywhere. Eggs everywhere. (laughs) Nanu, nanu. I like Mm -hmm. a deviled egg, but I don't... And then then when everything is destroyed, like one of the chairs has been broken open and there's like a yolk in it. But also I found... I would really like to think that they were trying to say something there. Maybe. They weren't. And and then also the, the apathy of the owners of the house when it's all destroyed. Because... They have these robot butlers who are clearly going to clean everything up. It doesn't even matter. Again, they're trying. Are they? No. 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 It's trying. just very bad acting. Yeah. Another uh, another thing that I forgot that <laughs> Crime Buster says that's another like commentary on authoritarianism mm. uh, is I think he says like stop or I'll be forced to overreact. <laughs> so which, this movie, which isn't he voiced by a transformer? Yeah, he's voiced by this guy like Ron Gans or something. That is, he was like a radio guy. I think he did like Zorro kind of, that kind of stuff on oh, like nice. radio in the in the sixties. I looked him up. I don't know. I, it, it, it's yeah. He sounds very transparent. <laughs> I like, yeah, I liked his voice. I like. I did like that the performance of this yeah. voice actor. Um, but this movie, Heartbeats, was brought to you by uh, Double Eggs, I guess GM, uh-huh. Uh-huh. as well as Coors. Core's original beer. <laughs> yeah, just another, again, another almost ham-fisted product placement moment. Because we didn't, we didn't even talk about this. We didn't even bring this up. Randy Quaid and another guy, we didn't even talk about this, are now, ta- were tasked 
by their corporate masters to find the robots. They're like, talking you're about the it now. best at this. Yeah, you're talking the best at now. this. They're at, like, yeah. like it happens all the time. No evidence. Charlie and Max. Whatsoever. Charlie and Max. Randy Quaid and Ken McMillan. So Rand, Randy Quaid is the apprentice at the factory, yeah. right? Since since we're going to break this down and go into these characters, because uh, they're so important to the, to the, so the, important. To the plot. Randy Quaid is the apprentice uh, factory worker. And Ken McMillan uh, is Max, his, his mentor. Max has this history with the the factory bought the factory owner or ceo that is sort of alluded to in a poorly edited scene um and that is everything that i think we need to know about these characters they have to go find the (laughs) robots when they run away they are driving around looking for them and they take a break they pull over this is how you know it's an 80s movie because they just pull over and take out of their cooler bags oh cores light Why is it in bags? Can can you make this make sense? Because it's, it's Canadian. It's the future, Lou. It's Canadian. It's the future. Canadians have their they have their bags have their milk in bags. No, it's the future. Okay. It's Canadian. Well, is it a recycling thing? Is it an environmental thing? I don't know because it's the future. That's why. And things is are it- in bags in the future. Better technology. Do bags keep it, it colder than an aluminum can? Are there is it temperature? Help me out. What is it? I don't know. Why are they back? They're still, that's just, they're still in ice. They're still in a cooler. Is there an aluminum shortage? Because we're I making miss. all the robots out of aluminum. I don't know, Lou. I'm just all right, going well, back to my uh, theater rex, which is, doesn't matter. Yeah, there we Does go. Does not matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Charlie and Max drink their bag of beer and get back behind the wheel, just like the director gets back behind the wheel of this movie. Wait, I do want to bring up, there's a weird, weird conversation Again, about the relationship that the owner of the factory uh-huh. and Max yeah. used to be in a commune together. That's right. That's what it was. That's the thing that they alluded That's to. The they thing. were in a commune they together. They were in a commune together. Here's the thing. That Which could weirdly be a- reminds me, I can't remember the name of the play, but there's a play about the day John Lennon died. And there's mm. a scene, a hippie and a cop are like at the scene. And they're talking about it. It's like, oh yeah, I was at I was at uh, Woodstock. Oh yeah, me too. Do you, and but it doesn't go anywhere. Nope. No. Do you think this movie? It's a good is, play. It's a good play. But eventually, do you, do you, we get to think, the junkyard. Do you do you think this movie is a prequel to Midsummer? No. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Because here's the thing: they 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 drop that thing about the commune, and yeah. then like. That doesn't go anywhere, but here's the thing. I think that, like you said, this film was filmed in Colorado. Yeah. I think in 1981, that is just a thing. Like, that would be just a normal conversation. Like, that that doesn't... you In, in watching this movie in 2021, yeah. when they just casually mention that, I'm like, that's a whole other movie, and they're not exploring that as a plot, plot thread. Well, but, actually, what I think it might be talking, bringing up a commentary of that moment of the ex-hippie current yuppie, which was a dynamic of that time where like the Reagan era was kind of starting to come over and it was starting to become about capitalism sponsored by GM. Okay. This is also- Yeah, I guess like I'm, everything influenced where... by like the Manson tragedy though, like the, you know. <laughs> More like that. More like that's that. what I'm thinking also is the... like, when I think of communes, I think of that and that was in the 60s, right? That was in the, the mid to late 60s. Mm. See, I was- uh born in 75 and communes were still a thing and it was just right even in the early 80s 
Yeah, it wasn't sinister. It was just lame. Or, it was like, oh, you tried. Or, you tried. or I do believe, I do believe uh, the there's that documentary series, Wild Wild Country. That was also happening around this time. That was yeah. like kind of a culty commune. So here's why none of that matters. These yep. characters don't have matters. an ending, and nope. they don't have an ending in this movie. Well, so, when we get to the junkyard, we do get to meet yeah, a very young Christopher Guest. Yep, we get to the yes. junkyard. Let's let's get straight to the junkyard. So yes. Christopher oh, Guest is Christopher nothing Guest happens and this, in between, and this other actress I wasn't familiar with but I liked her they are junkyard people with a pet raccoon and they kind of talk like the robots do they kind of speak mm. in this very methodical deliberate no con- uh, contractions kind of okay, like they wouldn't say can't they'd say cannot you know that kind of like that kind of yeah. stuff and they, they are named Susan and Calvin. They are named after Susan Calvin a frequently recurring character from a Isaac Asimov short and I like that I like that right. detail. That, that makes it seem like such a better movie. <laughs> it makes it seem like somebody, some, it makes it seem like there were multiple writers of this movie. And here is my theory. There was one writer that did all this junkyard stuff. And it was probably Christopher Guest, if I'm being honest. He probably wow. like yeah. wrote this in between takes. Like he probably just went to his fucking typewriter. It was just like, let me knock out some dialogue real quick. So this isn't just an empty junkyard scene. <laughs> so there was, I think, one writer... For the junkyard stuff, one writer for the crime buster stuff, and then one writer for all of this Aqua uh, Val stuff, right? And then it's just three different movies revolving around one another that sometimes interact. They also have a little moment in the junkyard scene where Andy Kaufman finds some bongos, which for his comedy shtick, he played bongos, which is like a little nod to, hey... Andy Kaufman is a comedy guy that maybe should be able to carry a movie, but not can't. We've seen the articulation of this Valbot, though. We've seen what it's capable of and what it can and can't, and its dexterity is what kind of what I'm driving at. Do you think it could play the bongos no. as well as we're led to believe? No, no. Okay. <laughs> no. But I'm really into the raccoon named uh, what was his name? Rover. Rover. Yeah. I, re- I really liked. I really liked River a yeah, lot. Yeah, I thought. I thought for a second that the movie had won Alyssa completely over because it had a raccoon. But yeah. uh, actually, uh, the the note that I took during that part is pet raccoon named River. Okay, I'm back in. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and and Christopher Guest is giving me some life, and like their outfits, the junkyard people's outfits. Yeah. Is, is, uh, and this is a set right. piece. We've just been in like the forest all this time. And like we left the factory, except when we cut back to just these two characters who again do not have an arc. Uh, but then, but, th- but this, this is finally a set piece, the junkyard. Well, uh, what I said about their costumes specifically was there are a lot of people in Williamsburg that would stab people for their outfits. Oh yeah. 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 yeah these, th- these outfits are a, a cooler future than the like 1981 alternate future that we're actually in yeah also it points out this this current future sucks how badly designed these energy packs are where they're these really sophisticated Mm -hmm. human robots but their energy packs are not rechargeable yeah they have to go and get new energy packs so i asked a lot of questions earlier about self-driving cars and self-driving vehicles that exist all over the place in this movie's universe. This Uh junkyard doesn't have a single working vehicle that Christopher Guest and his friend can drive them to where they need to go. They're just like, they pat them on the back and they're like, yeah, we we found like this small energy pack or whatever. Good luck. Yeah. Well, 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 Crime Buster shows up 
and there is a ranxious battle against Crime Buster, which just consists of it rotating its head and then somebody jumps on it. Christopher Guest? Sure. Christopher Guest, and, yeah. And his girlfriend, they both jump, jump on, on it. it. They reprogram they it, right? Yeah, yeah, they both wait and they jump on it yeah. to distract it. Yeah. And they let them get away. But no, they they de- they reprogram it, don't they? No, I don't. No, they don't reprogram. No, because they don't. No. Then how do they get away from it? Because I, how does it not murder them immediately after? Yeah. That? Because it's very bad at its job. I think we established that in the opening sequence where it just shoots a stump. But that, and like. The- and the skunk runs away. I feel like it's so bad at its job, though. It's just dangerous to be around it. Like, just being anywhere near it, it might just fling its flamethrower in every direction. Yeah, <laughs> and there's it, nothing it, you could do to get away. It catches a cut out of a little old lady on fire. Oh, my goodness. Somehow they win. Somehow they beat Crime Buster. We're almost at the end. Again, as, yeah, as, the, as, as I was with uh, wait, Theodore wait. Rex, I was very in my cups at this we, point. We, we are missing the big emotional oh moment of the movie. We are. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So where Catskill right. sacrifices yep, himself. That's what we're getting to, yeah. Yes. For Phil. Yes. So here we, let me set let me let me try to set this up. Phil, they say the junkers say to Phil they 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 say to Val and Aqua uh, if Phil is to survive in this world, he needs a function that can be valued by society, which sad, but <laughs> uh, accurate. Yeah, but again, like I guess, okay, a little bit more of a commentary on capitalism, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. They 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 get yeah, they get the robots on their way back to the factory because now they know that's where they need to go. That's where their 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 journey has led them to find where their destination should be, which is back where they started. So great. Um, this was a movie about coming home. And and <laughs> but it's not. But so in order to get back, they have to they have to have enough power and there's basically enough power in like one of the cells for them to give Phil enough charge. So Catskill trade willingly trades his power source. Yeah. That is when we learn that Catskill has been intentionally telling bad jokes to to conserve conserve his power. He's been selecting low power jokes, which I love that they reference them that way. Cried a little bit at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, li- I literally said out loud, God damn it, they made me care. Catskill comes back at the end, doesn't he? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. this is also when Andy Kaufman very unconvincingly gives a little speech to Phil about okay. free will and being his, uh But the thing is, I, I like to think... I like to think that there there is the possibility that if you increased Catskill's joke ability, he'd be like like Mike Birbiglia. Or, okay. Or uh yeah, or or Pete Holmes or okay. uh, uh So middling is what you're saying. Hey, hey, I like Pete Holmes. He's good. <laughs> like a George, he could be like a George Carlin, he could be yeah, like that yeah, maybe George Carlin. and and yeah, yeah, I was thinking Curry monologuing yeah, yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a Lenny Bruce. Like if he if okay. he puts it up, he's he's Lenny Bruce bot. Like okay. he could trade his rim shot for actual curse words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I can have one rim shot or a fuck. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh <laughs> there's something something happens where oh yeah, they they yeah, they, he powers down. Great. They low power jokes. They are Val and and Aqua are hop like sort of crawling the last few they're very very slowly going the last leg of the journey and they they end up in this tableau they sort of like turn to one another when they're about to power down 
Val says, Aqua, I want to ask what you know about power. They freeze in this tableau where they're the sunset and over these two robots holding hands. It's gorgeous. Uh, Max and Randy Quaid drive up and Max says, so college boy, what do you think of free will and robots? What, what do you think of free will and robots, Jake and Alyssa? What did this movie make you think of free will and robots? <laughs> that Andy Kaufman would say, Aqua, what do you think about love? And she'd say, I'm going to tell you. And he'd say, no, that's wrong. Jake? I think what it makes me think about free will and robots is babumch. All right. So then uh, Randy Quaid's character tells us the end of the movie instead of us seeing any of this. He tells but, us that But they... wait, wait. Before that, because it's the it's the not helicopter driving, driving lady shows You're up. right. I yeah, did skip got, over yeah. something important in this movie. You're yeah, right. and Sorry. she's like, hey, could you give us a resolution to the plot? Whatever yeah. happened to those two robots? While getting bags of Coke from a vending machine. That's right. Now we're on bags of Coke. Yep. Okay. But by that, I mean... When you say... Cola, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, when you say bags of Coke. I know it's 1981, but, <laughs> but bags of she, Coke. So what you're saying is the actress was getting bags of Coke from the craft services team. <laughs> there we go, yeah. And then coming on to set and being like, hey, wrap this up, you guys. Yeah, and then... Goodness, some, I, you know what? That's That might sound terrible. I'm not trying to accuse that actress of anything. <laughs> 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 We're going to accuse I'm, 1981 I, of that. I forget, I forget who she is. I did look her up. Also, at one point... Way back there, they did make a Cool Hand Luke reference. Right. Okay, what was it? Crime bot. My spoiler list. Crime bot, yeah. Says, uh, what we have here is a failure to communicate. Ah. Which takes us to the very end of the movie. Take us there. We go to the end of the movie, (laughs) and Val and Aqua and Phil are all alive and well, as we should be, Mm -hmm. and also Catskill is there Mm -hmm. in the junkyard (laughs) with their two very good friends, Mm -hmm. and they're wearing different clothes, so apparently... I don't know. They well, don't he got to be well, human. specifically an upgrade to his movement, so Andy Kaufman doesn't have to act so much like a robot at the end. Yeah, I mean, well, they're in a He's junkyard. Wearing kind like, of like this, a golf outfit. This is like if if Sex in the City ended in a sax like Saks Fifth Avenue, right? Or like if it yeah. ended right. inside of. Um, and they're well, all well, and they're expl- all very happy, except Crimebot is still on the prowl and is rolling through the forest. Yeah. looking for them, which makes me think that someone, someone on the set thought that there was like some chance of a sequel. Because Crime Bot always gets his man. Mm-hmm. His, like his bot though, like, or because he's chasing robot criminals now, or is it just, is he only go after human criminals? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. It does. It, they do point out that they keep malfunctioning. Yeah, they. Yeah, Certain that's why they're times. sent to the junkyard. Uh, did we mention Sophia? Who? Okay. Yeah, there's another little baby robot, Sophia. Oh, oh yeah, the baby robot. Yeah. Uh, right now there. the question yeah. is, did they make that? Is that another self-made robot, or did the junkers make that? Well, here, maybe, maybe um, they're was in that, some where, sort of... Was there a robot junker key party? No, it Here's was what I'm thinking. Like, maybe there's some, maybe they're like a polycule, like uh, like a junker and robot yeah. poly That's what I'm couple. Saying. That it's could the be future. possible. It's the, fu- it's the alternate 881 or it's the future. We don't we know, but it's... And, and Coke I think beds. it was 1982 in their minds. <laughs> okay. And they were like, there's record stores, but also robots. <laughs> 
I have got some questions. What, 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 again, oh, we what, all what, have what, questions. What, one of my favorite, one of my, again, one of my, the things I find so much, so interesting about movies in the past that were made in the past about the future is no one, no one ever calls smartphones. There's, yeah. There's no, no smartphones. No one ever predicts that we could have a computer, camera. Yeah. Everything in our pocket. Yeah. Because well, why we, would we need them yeah. if we have these like androids that that serve all of those techno functions? Because one right? of them sounds like Andy Kaufman. So <laughs> <laughs> we would never ask him anything <laughs> if we were like, hey, Andy, <laughs> get me to work. And he'd be like, oh, okay, where, where would you like to go? The queue is oh very delayed. Fuck you, Andy. Turn right on Court Street. You know how you can get like uh, you can get like Arnold Schwarzenegger or Morgan Freeman to narrate yeah. your GTS. Do you yeah. think there's an Andy Kaufman option anywhere out there? If so, it's Skynet. It's on the BDSM websites, I'm sure. I've said everything that I want to say about this movie. Um, do y'all have any last notes before we go on to my questions? The only thing I have to say is the same thing I have to say when we started. I'm sorry. Alyssa? I feel bad about the way I denigrated tail humor for Theodore Rex. Yeah, that is the and one. That's the mm. one. That's, you know what? It might have made this movie better. And I feel tail like humor. Tail humor really might have made things better no. and also i'm sorry lou <laughs> so sorry. Oh, I, I i accept your apologies uh the the <laughs> I, I, again i already declared a truce so uh i'm not going to threaten you with another tpk but we are not reviewing screamers if you do um, hey, hey we'll we'll watch screamers <laughs> i'll make you watch screamers no there's too many sequels to that movie uh so <laughs> I liked it when I was 12. Are you really sure. going to do the plus or minus for robots? Because you that's, know what's going to happen to robots on this. That's exactly the question I was going to ask. In a recent episode of Robots vs. Dinosaurs, we, re- we reviewed the film Adventures in Dinosaur City, where uh, do please do go listen to that full episode. But spoiler for the episode, my guest, uh, my guest Steve Bauman concluded that the movie was so bad for dinosaurs that it was actually a minus one for them and a plus one for robots. Um, Now I accepted that, that equation for, for my, like I accepted that addition to what's the word I'm looking for. I accepted that uh, variable for the equation of balancing Mm -hmm. robots and dinosaurs. So what is Alyssa and Jake knowing that, that that's an option on the table, (laughs) not to prompt you or anything. um, What is your review of, Heart beeps in terms of plus one, zero, minus one for can, robots. Can we give can we give a negative to humanity? Because mm-hmm. I think the fact that this film exists is a negative to humanity. Humanity but is responsible for robots, so yes. I okay. would I would encourage all of your listeners around the world to just out loud say the word heart beeps. Because <laughs> it makes you laugh every time. Heart beeps. <laughs> Alyssa, is that enough to give it a plus one? No. no. Okay. Um, ne- negative, negative. N- negative for robots. And I'm going to give like a positive one for dinosaurs just because. Yep. Same. It's so, it's so bad. It, it, it makes dinosaurs look better. 
it makes me want to reject all technology and and travel back into prehistoric times. This movie pre-bronze. This movie made me want to rewatch Theodore Rex. Yeah. Mm, there it is. Uh, that is a th- that there it is. We, we Dino fans rejoice. We've wrestled it back. We've we put dinos back in the game. Dinosaurs are back in the game on the scoreboard because of this. Because I fully agree. This movie, the, the justification for this being a minus one for robots, but a plus one for dinosaurs, is that it does exactly what you said. It elevates Theodore Rex. This might be the only movie that could that you could compare it to Theodore Rex, <laughs> and the choice is easy. Yeah. Do you have a no Andy Kaufman rule now? <laughs> I'm considering it because what's what else could you threaten me with? There's what else yeah, has he even been in? Do you really want to ask that question? Because I'm pretty sure I don't. I don't want to you know. know. I actually have that I'm idea open. I could click on it and get the answer. I'm not going to. And also, but I'm going to draw a line in the sand. I, I'm not as, reviewing Man on the Moon starring Jim Carrey. Yeah, there's I'm not yeah. reviewing it. Well, it has okay. nothing to do with robots or no, dinosaurs. Um, I, I will say this: um, this this movie may give a plus one to cancer. Actually, oh God! Why? Why? Because, because uh, Andy Kaufman might have deserved it after this one. Yeah, no, <sighs> he went on all the talk shows and he offered to give people their money back. That's if they true. Went, if they went to see this film, he pulled a George Clooney. He he actually did say, "If you go see this movie, I will give you your money back," because it was bad. Wait, Andy Kaufman did that for this movie, Heartbeeps? Yes. Yes, he was very ashamed of it. He knew it was bad. He did publicly say, if you saw this movie in the theater, I will give you your money back. And I think it was Gene Siskel said, do you have $20? Which in 1981 was like three times the cost well, of the movie? This movie, this movie made a fifth of its budget back. It's a sick burn. Do you have $20? <laughs> This is a sick burn. Yeah. That's a Siskel burn, man. I, I would say uh, we did we did watch the uh, Siskel and Ebert episode of this, um, or okay. the, uh, sneak previews. It's on IMDb, connected with the film. If you want to watch it, it's, okay, it's cool. great because it it may it does make you like okay, the, I am correct. This movie is atrocious. The, well, the that thing you just said about Andy Kaufman, if I liked Andy Kaufman already, or like, liked him as a, or thought he was a good person is what I should say. Okay. I would, that would elevate my opinion of him. But my reaction to that is Andy Kaufman saw this movie, felt responsible for, for audiences hating it. Yeah. And I think he saw how bad, how, how bad, how lazy his performance. I can objectively say his performance was lazy. So he yeah. saw how lazy his performance was, felt bad, and felt obligated to give people their money back. That doesn't make me feel bad for him. It just makes me feel like, all right, he's a kind of responsible person. Because, yeah, he owes them their money back. Is there, is, there any, is there any other film that Andy Kaufman really did besides I'm not that? looking that up. I, 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 I just, <laughs> for danger of finding out that he was in, like, like a caveman movie about dinosaurs or something. <laughs> um. Real quick, I do want to go circle back to that that helicopter pilot was, who is credited as helicopter pilot is Kathleen Freeman because uh, she was great and she does a lot of awesome. If you look her up on IMDb, her voiceover work is it, it's there's a it's a long scroll through IMDb. She does a lot of voice acting and she was on like a lot of guest appearance stuff. Yes, so this was a movie who it was full of amazing people. Everybody. Yep. 
Everybody was amazing. It's the worst movie you could ever watch. Yeah. Everybody, though, everybody. Andy, <laughs> Again, I'll say this. Ingredients. Um, ingredients. Yeah. It is sound and fury signifying that. The, I, I heard this review of, uh, I think it was X-Men Apocalypse, that somebody said, uh, somebody, not me, said, um, and I just like this quote, that that every scene, it looks like Jennifer Lawrence just found out that her Uber driver is two minutes away and she's just trying to get the scene <laughs> over with. Accurate. If, if Uber existed in 1981, that's what I would accuse Andy Kaufman's performance of, yeah. that exact same sentiment, right? Like, Yeah. Well, in a way, in a way, like Theodore Rex, Whoopi was totally not in that movie, mentally. Yeah, but right? that but that lent to the performance of the character, yeah. in yes. my opinion, because yes. she was supposed to be this rough edges, like I don't want this partner kind of, yeah. you know, I don't robot. want anything to do with this yeah, silliness kind of robot. robot, and so that lent to he her robot, her resentment on set led to, <laughs> led to like building that character. Yeah, and here though, Val, I don't like Val at all. <laughs> yeah, and well, poor Bernadette Peters. I think I could turn it into an interesting, like, toxic masculinity, like, what, like, the programmed pool hostess does to please, I, I know, I can't, I can't, nope, (laughs) too bad. And then there's even, like, a scene in, I tried, I tried. There's even a scene in the junkyard where, like, he, where, where he uses her words against her. Yeah. said to him, and it's, yeah, it was like. That's kind of weird. Yeah, it's that borderline negging thing he does for about yeah. charm at the beginning of the movie, but like he does it even worse as the movie Listen, progresses. Aqua, Aqua I, should just be with Catskill. Catskill's going to treat her sure, way. or by herself. Uh, I don't know, Christopher Gaston and, and uh, Aqua. Hey, there you go. Good match. Good match. What, hey, that's what we're saying. We've talked. Well, we've talked a lot about recasting this movie, so I'm going to ask my bonus questions a little bit out of order. So, first bonus question: If we were to replace any two actors in this film with Whoopi Goldberg and Danny DeVito, where would we put them? And we already know it would improve the movie, but just exactly how would it improve the movie? <laughs> because anything would improve this movie. Strangely, I think Whoopi Goldberg as Max would be interesting. <laughs> All right. I don't know why. I, I like that. Like. You know, as as the non-apprentice kind of person, you know, I could sure. see her actually throwing some panache onto some people, uh, harvest turnips with a Rolls Royce. Yeah, when you think about it, Max is the Obi Wan Kenobi of this of this movie, right? Never say anything comparing Star Wars. To the <laughs> uh, <laughs> I said, if you think about it, nobody's going to think about it. And then come on. there's no thinking in this movie. <laughs> And the thing is, I, I'm waffling. I don't know which would be better. Danny DeVito as Catskill, which is yes. the obvious choice. But Danny DeVito as uh, as Killerbot? Or as also, a, yes. Yeah, I I think that that is the more inspired choice. All right. And where did you, you put Goldberg as Max, you said, yeah. right? Okay. Um, Alyssa. I actually would love to see... Danny DeVito as Aqua and okay. Whoopi Goldberg as what's his name? What? Andy Kaufman. And, 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 Andy Kaufman. I would actually love that. Where, where he's like, what's a rainbow? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Good. 
Yeah, yeah. I think actually that would be a much better movie. Yeah, Danny but, DeVito asking. Yeah. Now I just picture Aunt Danny DeVito really wanting some uh, some uh, banana daiquiris. That's all I'm picturing. Okay. Yeah, Danny DeVito being like, then they buy me banana daiquiris. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be Goldberg being like, what if I bought you a banana daiquiri? Oh, <laughs> careful with that uh, <laughs> I I would have bought the equivalent of the total number of tickets uh, equaling up to $20 that this made in 1991 uh, yep. to see that, that. I would pay a full $20 to see that version of this movie. Um, instead, I paid $4, I think, to rent it. <laughs> I, know, I know we're about to move on to another segment, but uh-huh. I, I have a Danny DeVito-related question to, for you. Okay. There's so, there's like a there's already like a six degrees of uh DeVito in this movie. Oh I didn't Andy Kaufman no, because well, of taxi. This okay. is just involving Danny DeVito. Have you seen uh uh, ba- uh the second Batman, Michael Keaton Batman? Of course I have you met me, Jake. Of course. Okay, just that's my favorite checking. that is my favorite Batman movie, and I would argue the best the most accurate Batman movie. Not gonna disagree with you at this point. But my question is posed by Super Live Adventure Podcast. Mm -hmm. The penguins that bring the dead penguin body to the 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 river. Yeah, you're building my case for why this is the greatest Batman movie. Go on. The penguins were were those were those life like full size human penguin costumes. Small people in small people costumes. Or trained penguins. Trained penguins. I don't know the answer. I don't know either. But I think, I do think it was a mix of, I think some of them were animatronic and I think some of them were oh, like, like That's always penguins that were like in a, on a Wait. set or like, or, you know, in a. Lou, you're admitting that there are robots in Batman 2. <laughs> oh, I, w- I, w- I hope that I would love to review Batman 2. <laughs> don't. All right. Future. Wait, I mean, no, I mean, oh my gosh, I dislike that movie is terrible and it would be a chore <laughs> to get through. You guys don't make me watch Batman 2. <laughs> Not Michael Keaton's Batman Returns. I would directed love by... to watch Heartbeeps over and over. <laughs> yeah, you guys don't do that anyway, to me. I'm sorry. I had to I had to ask you that question. Okay. Uh, well, I have to ask you a question. What's your snack? This is the section of Robots versus Dinosaurs, where we find out what kind of snack our guest, our co-host, likes to watch while watching a movie. Well, during the viewing of Heartbeeps, it was um, a 16-pack uh, <laughs> of beer. And, and 16 other- bags? <laughs> No, no. <laughs> yes, a sixteen bag. Yeah, yeah, a sixteen bag of. Um, <laughs> I think it was a uh, simply of an alcoholic beverage. Um, okay, and other substances. That's what I had for my snack while trudging through heartbeats. Okay, Alyssa. So I have discovered that my snack which is going to be unfortunate when uh, movie theaters open is lose pain in tears. It just makes everything better knowing that you're going to have to watch the awful movie that we watched. Well, you might, you didn't get to see me watch this movie. You saw how, what it did to me, but you didn't get to see <laughs> it, it live. Um, 
you might though get your wish right now, Alyssa, because my snack for this movie uh, was I didn't have a snack because I wanted to save this for a special section. I was at, <laughs> this is why I think I have so many listeners in Australia. I talk about Australian licorice <laughs> all the time. That's usually my snack. It's it. No, I don't have Tim Tams, but let me tell you about a Tim Tam slam. Have you done a Tim Slam slam? Oh yeah. Tim Tam slam is a bomb. Listeners, if you don't know, I know 23 of my listeners know what a Tim Tam slam is because they're in Australia. A Tim Tam, Tim Tam is basically like a Kit Kat wafer, almost. I don't know how to describe what it is. It's glorious. It's delicious cookie with filling yeah. that you bite one, each end off. And then it basically becomes a cookie straw that you put into your coffee or whatever, hot Coke, whatever hot drink, and you suck it through the cook. This sounds dirty now, but you touch my pleasure the, center, Lou. Touch my pleasure center. All right. Well, we t- you suck the hot coffee through the, activated. Yeah, my through the Tim Tam. Got activated. Yeah. Anyway, it's, yeah. the coffee soaks into the cookie. You eat the cookie. It's delicious. Tim Tam slam. So, um, I, <laughs> it was not Tim Tams, but I would, now I wish it was. Uh, my snack is usually Australian licorice. I, lo- I love Daryl Lee Australian licorice oh, yeah. in particular. Um, so I was at my local bodega looking for Australian licorice. They didn't have it. They don't always have it. Uh, it's a it's it's a coveted snack. I think Robots vs Dinosaurs is making it too popular, and that's <laughs> the problem. I need to stop talking about it. So what they had was something I had never seen before. And listeners, this is going to be a Robots vs. Dinosaurs first. I'm going to try a snack oh. uh, live. Oh. So if you have, I think it's called misophonia, <laughs> where, where you don't like this sort of thing, like the sound of people chewing, you might want to hit that uh, skip ahead button. Every year is Alyssa. Now, I, because, I, because I was willing to let y'all inflict heart beeps on myself, I was willing to inflict this snack on myself so I could give it a live review. But if you all, if you, Jake and Alyssa, are familiar with this snack, you can tell me what I'm in for. This is smart food, but um, it is, it doesn't matter if I see it. No! Smart food, we all know what smart food is. It's like powdered cheese popcorn or, you know, powdered cheese flavor popcorn. This is smart food. No. With what's in there, Jake? Read that on the label. Crunch berry popcorn mix. So it just wants to cut your mouth up. Yeah. Listen, listen, Lou, as a former sailor, uh-huh. you should not be taking orders from somebody who is clearly stealing valor. He's the captain, though. He, I mean, look at his bars on his arm. That is not an official rank of a captain. One, two, three. You're right. He should have four. He should have four, four stripes on his on his uniform. If he's actually a cap- I guess that's why he's got the apostrophe. At. Yeah, he's, he's not, not, he's a, not captain. a captain. Captain. He's a captain. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what they give you one less one less uh, rank bar sure. for a captain. <laughs> they give you the Do apostrophe it. instead. Do it. <laughs> you can't see his lapels, but each of his lapels has an apostrophe on it. Um, and that's I like the fact that we, we put you in so much emotional and artistic pain that the only way to cure it is to put you in like <laughs> literal physical pain. Uh, so listeners, I've opened the bag, I'm smelling it. It's, I'm not excited about this. (laughs) They say, don't judge a book by its cover. The label, you, you were both as disgusted by the label because it gives you the idea of what you're in for. Crunch berries and cheesy popcorn. I think you judge a book by its smell, Lou. Well, so now I'm, now I'm, now I've got two things. I've got the cover and the smell and 
<sighs> if I already was dreading this, uh, I'm gonna, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have just a piece of popcorn separately. delicious like the best thing you've ever ever put in your mouth <laughs> i'm so glad there's not i'm so glad there's no video oh my god is that the heart beeps of snack foods listen it's it is it's it, the taste isn't as like horrendous as my face uh exhibited it's just the shock of the taste because I was expecting, you know, like a more powerful cheese flavor, I guess. But it's like the the really the cloying sweetness of the crunch berries takes over. It's it's strong. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why? Why again? Why because again? Because I, I wanted to see like with the right expectations. Is, is this one going to, you know, not going to shock my system? Is it going to taste fine? Are you familiar with the... <laughs> the answer is no. Don't I don't do it again. The third don't one. Do <laughs> There's crunch berries do, in here, though. I have to try the crunch berries. You gotta do a crunch berry. There's crunch berries in there? You gotta do a crunch berry. Oh, yeah. There's a crunch berry. Oh. All right. Come on. Come on. Oh, I mean, it tastes like a crunch berry. Yeah. Yeah. So now I gotta eat a crunch berry with a piece of You popcorn. don't have to. <laughs> I do. I have to, Jake. I have to. <laughs> I, have to I started this. I have to finish it. And by that, I, I'm not finishing the whole bag. This is it. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Do this. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's purple. It's a purple crunch berry. <laughs> <laughs> Purple's my favorite color. I was thinking color. about Andy Kaufman wandering around These are field. real tears, Alyssa. And the director Here saying, you're a robot. And Andy Kaufman remembering and being like, "Go right, I'm a robot. These are real tears for you. <laughs> I, I think Lou is, is, instead is thinking, take my life. Hey. All right, I'm going to eat it. Uh, no, it's worse. It's worse when you combine them. It's all much, so much worse. Oh, because so then it's, more, it's just more you, chewing you to get through. You are cat skill. You sacrificed yourself for the greater good. <laughs> You're the hero of the movie. Oh, goodness. I wish I could. I wish I'd written down one of Catskill's low power jokes. Do you do? I did couldn't. you write down any of them? No. There was one about locks. Locks was this, the punch out. <laughs> there was a lot of uh, mother-in-law jokes. Mm -hmm. There are people who do not know what borscht belt means. Yeah, it's true. Mm. All right. Well, I just uh, drank some palate cleanser. So that was a terrible experience. I don't, um, no, I, smart food, I recommend. I'm not, uh, whatever yeah. company made makes smart food, I don't want to. The cheddar is amazing. I would still love to have them advertise on my show. <laughs> but but I cannot, in good, I cannot in good conscience recommend smart food with Cap'n Crunch's Crunch Berries. Would they have been better if there was Cap'n Crunch pieces and not just the Crunch Berries? Probably not. Just like, would this movie have been any better if we had replaced some of the pieces with other pieces? Probably not. Probably not. Even Heart though they're good pieces separately. Again, Lou, I'm so, so sorry. I, I accept your apology. Heartbeeps is... Hell <laughs> uh, is a is an name for a movie, though. Heart it's a fun name to say. It's an Oscar-nominated movie. Watch it if you want to. We've talked about it for way too long. <laughs> That's every, literally everything I ever want to say yep. about Heart Peeps ever again. So close us out, co-hosts. 
Um, thank you for listening. En- enjoy your life after this, I guess. <laughs> Keep your eyes out for upcoming things in maybe a year or two involving a continuation of shadow casting of Ghostbusters. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Robots are cool. Dinosaurs are cool. Robots versus dinosaurs is cooler. Lou is the coolest. Louis G is the coolest. The coolest. Aw, yep. thanks. And please don't kill us. And please rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, and smash that subscribe button. And we love you, Australia. <laughs> yeah, we love you, Australia. Love you, Australia. Love you, Australia. Keep uh, spreading the word about robots versus dinosaurs and send us some of your delicious licorice, please. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. This movie made Theodore Rex look like Citizen Kane directed by Jesus. Andy Kaufman tries to be a robot. No, 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 no. Because this virus attacks the lungs. It's never more infuriating when you realize that your life has a price tag on it. The truth of the matter is we are in the middle of an apocalypse. There's no leadership. I went from being an ER nurse to you're a healthcare hero. I feel like a sham. Apocalypse Now is a podcast that asks if we are living at the beginning of the end. I'm Joanna Van Thine. Join me every week as I talk with interesting people and decide if we're all doomed. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.